Welcome to One Line's Discipleship Podcast. This is episode one. We are so excited to get this kicked off. We've been talking about discipleship and the rhythms of discipleship and all the fun things that that means at One Line for a while. And we're really excited to kick off um, a place where we can all come together and get uh, some great insight on what that looks like. I'm sitting here with Brittany McColgan. Uh, Brittany is really amazing. Her and her husband, Doug, have been part of our church for a few years now. They have modeled discipleship before they came here and plugged into our community um, and just been a really wonderful fit for our church, and we're really excited about what, what they've been doing. Uh, Brittany is brilliant. She is has a brilliant mind around um, scripture and relationships with other people and discipling and mentoring, and I'm really, really thankful for her and so thankful that you're here today on this podcast. She's going to be joining us on a regular basis. She is part of the discipleship team. Very humbling, but I'm really excited to be here and to share all of my love for discipleship and just our church in general. That's awesome. Well, it is awesome to have you. Uh, Brittany, so good to have you speaking in on a regular basis to this thing. You are a key part of our discipleship team. We have a discipleship team we started uh, made up of a number of different people from the church, and their voices are going to be heard on this podcast as well. Yeah, let's uh, talk about real quick why yeah. we chose who we chose on our team. I love that. Okay. Well, we tried to get, I don't know, what would you say, a good representation of who our church is. Yeah. And we were looking for some criteria specifically. One, we wanted somebody who... Uh, I would say lived a faith consistently, somebody who is consistently living out their faith and um, has has some maturity in their faith. So we look for that first. Sure. And then what what are some of the other things? I mean, I, I can remember I a couple. Would, of I would say we definitely wanted a really wise voice, someone who's been following the Lord for a long yeah. time, who's passionate about it, who's passionate about creating disciples, and right. um, who was gung ho that. We were wanting to build this team, and I also think that we were looking for men and women's voices. That's right, absolutely. Super important. Um, also, different um, stages of life, mm-hmm. um, married, not married, kids, not no kids, yeah. grown kids, grandkids, yeah, all of right. the things. Um, we just really wanted to make sure that everybody had a voice and that we weren't speaking into a silo. Absolutely, I totally agree. All those things were key, and and the people that we ended up finding, I thought really represented all those things really well. Yeah. And what was really cool was uh, we all sat in the room together for the very first time we gathered, and it just felt right. I mean, I don't want to get super <laughs> weird about it, but it felt as if God kind of brought that group together. It was a good representation of who we are at one line. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And what really touched me is everyone who was there, we didn't really know each other, yeah. but I felt like walking out, we did know each other. and. We did spend some time telling our stories, and um, that's one thing about discipleship in general. You have to be vulnerable and tell your stories, and we just are going to model that as a team. And starting out that way was beautiful, and can't wait for the communities to get that out of their stuff, too. I totally agree. Yeah, it's interesting. You said we started with our stories. We walked out knowing each other. I actually think it's impossible, once you hear somebody's story, to not think about them differently. Mm-hmm. Like you're almost forced to think about, oh, they're more than a moment mm-hmm. and they're more than a statement and they're more than a Facebook profile or a social media, Instagram profile or something. Absolutely. They're a person with a story and a family or, or whatever that brought them to that point that all of those experiences, friends and family and life and everything has brought them to who they are. And I'm so thankful for each other's story. So, 
So there's, there's your first challenge. Find somebody, sit with them, have coffee, and, and ask them for their story. And it's actually one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, and for me, I don't necessarily say, tell me your story, um, but ask questions about the, another person. They, other people like to talk about themselves. <laughs> and so it's a great way to open up and get to know someone genuinely yep. and um, create relationships. That's right. So today, being our first uh, discipleship podcast, we are going to talk about a few things, give you a little bit of an overview of what we do for discipleship here at OneLine, and uh, talk through what that looks like. I do want to get started with Brittany and I talking about our stories. Um, Brittany, why do you value discipleship? Like, what is it that really drives it for you? And that's probably some of your history, but sure. also, yeah, what's that thing? Sure. So I started out getting the model of discipleship through um, a mentorship, and that relationship was really pivotal for me. Um, it was someone who was a few years older than me, and she never let go, even when it was ugly and even mm. when it was fun. Um, and she never stopped pursuing me and never stopped encouraging me to pursue Jesus. And, and when you say ugly, you mean like like ugly. You, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, there was some days where it would be like, yeah, this is easy and fun to follow Christ okay. and to say that Got I am it. doing this, but then you make decisions that aren't yeah, and are ugly yeah. and you have to have someone to hold you accountable for those things. And when she held me accountable, she loved me still. That's, cool. That's great. And I think that having someone love you when you mess up is a picture of Jesus loving you. 100%. And um, so just having that physical person embodying him really kept me going. And I think that, you know, with <clears throat> the discipleship rhythms, it, it creates opportunities to have relationships. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a common bond when the two people or more than two people are seeking and pursuing God. Um, it brings you together in a very different way. And um, that's something that I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. I want to be friends with people who are following God and who will push me and who will call me out on it, even if it hurts um, and even if it's not fun. But I know that they love me and they're doing it for good reasons because they want me to grow. So they love you enough to, to push you in those areas because they do believe in you. Exactly. They're willing to, to cross those boundaries. That's good. I love that. Yeah. I think that's an important part of that. Cool. Um, so so you, you started with a mentor. You, yeah. It was, it was intentional relationships. Yep. And that really pushed you into where you're at. What, what have you seen maybe even recently that it contributes to that valuing of discipleship? You know, I was reading recently in the Old Testament and I was in first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles and they go along together. And um, I was talking about the Kings and how some of the Kings started off um, following God and then they tapered off. And at the end it wasn't so much. And then other Kings didn't follow God at all. And then at the end they did follow God. And then there were some who were just flat out didn't follow God at all. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, one of the things that I kept thinking about was discipleship is a process yeah. and it's a lifelong process. And through those examples, um, you know, pride got in the way or, you know, just they got in the way of themselves. 
And so one of the things that I love is discipleship is not a personal thing. Discipleship, you have to have somebody else there with you. Oh, okay. And so specifically for me, I mean, I have a personal relationship with with God, but I would say that my discipleship does not move forward without someone else being there with me. And we can be at two different levels and we can be reading different things and struggling with different things, but it's always helpful to have that accountability and that partner. And in my opinion, if you're not moving forward in discipleship, you're moving backwards. Yeah. Even if it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good, Brittany. I, even even kind of the way that I think about what a disciple is, it is it is somebody who is investing in somebody else. Yeah. It is not, you cannot, maybe I'll make a bold statement here, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus unless you are discipling somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty biblical. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that, that that's that. <laughs> well, let me give you a little bit of insight on why I value discipleship. Um, I love that, Brittany, I think it's brilliant. Uh, for me, I've had a few different experiences with incredible mentors who really pushed me to be better. I've always been blessed with, with at times, multiple mentors who spoke into my life and shaped me, spoke the hard truth into my mm-hmm. life from even, even family members who, who risked our relationship by saying the hard truth to me. Sure. And then some great, uh, great men in my life who have spoken truth into me and everything from my marriage to being a friend, to being a good man, to being a good dad and, and all everything in between there, they've spoken truth into me. In the recent years, um, I've actually found a couple guys that I walk with that I, that I would say they're almost brothers to me. They're willing to find intentional time where we get to spend time with each other and be very real with each other and really help each other kind of go after what that looks like to be who, who I feel God has called me to be in each of us. Who we've, who we've been called to be, and we're all really different people, Sure. but um, we're going after that same thing, and they hold me accountable to that. So I love that kind of comparison of, you do it with other people, you can't do it on your own. Those guys are really why I'm so passionate about discipleship now. And, and, and I, when I say now, what I mean by that is, I've gone through a journey, our church has gone through a big journey on discipleship, yeah. and we've, we've actually made a big shift from where we were to where we're going now, where we are and where we're going. Um, I don't, maybe that's good to talk through the shift right now, but there's some history there. Uh, I used to be a, a small group director at a very large church, and I've been doing and involved in small groups for over 20 years now, and I love small groups. I just have to say, I love small groups. There's so many amazing stories, amazing people, um, really challenging things, but just living life intentionally with other people. Um, and small groups were great. But as I look kind of over my shoulder, as we as a church pause and said, are small groups really creating disciples? It, it made us ask some really tough questions because mm. I think small groups do a lot of great things. They connect people really, really well and people can live life alongside them, but more often than not, they don't result in, in, in discipleship. They result in good friendships or sometimes growth in their faith. Um, but they didn't necessarily result in discipleship. And so when we took a step back to go, or to ask ourselves, what do we want? It really, we took a step back to look at what, what do we see in scripture around Jesus? What did Jesus do to create disciples? And we saw some rhythms there. We looked around the world, the globe, and said, where is discipleship happening? And we looked in throughout history in the church and found mm-hmm. out where discipleship was happening there. And we saw some real consistent things. And it always goes back to Jesus. The places where discipleship is happening now and has happened in the past 
happens in the same rhythms that Jesus set up. He had his three, he had his 12, and he had his 72. And so when we looked at how we're going to do discipleship here at One Line, we said, we've got to model it after Jesus. We can't make up our own program and hope for the best. Like it has to fall in line with that. And so we said, let's create space for the three, and we call those D groups. Uh, we said, let's create space for the 12, and we call those huddles. And we said, let's create space for the 72, and we call those communities. And all of that together is a one-line community. And to give you just a little bit more insight in that, um, we've created rhythms around that. And I really do mean rhythms, because I, I don't want everybody to be in a D group every week, and everybody to be in a huddle every week, and everybody yeah. to be in a community every week. I want to find a rhythm that makes sense for our life not just adding things on. And so as we as a staff and our leadership team, discipleship team began thinking through this, it came down to what would a rhythm, a good rhythm look like? So new rhythms are the three meets once or twice a month, the 12 meets twice a month, and the community meets three to four times a year. And so the communities, are they, you said 75 people? 72. 72. It's just, it's, yeah, we, use, we actually grab oh, those yeah. numbers from Three, Scripture. 3, 12, 72. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it's, none of it is exact, but the sure. principle around it is important, right? Yeah. That D group is a small focus space um, of all, you know, just men or just women. That huddle is a mix of, of any age group coming together to kind of live life and celebrate together. And the, and the community is just a gathering. Everybody together in multiple huddles, maybe different life stages, whatever. All of them gathering together to do something fun. Yeah, I love that. It's like a big family reunion. <laughs> it's like a big family reunion. <laughs> and so right now we've got two different communities, which are made up of a number of different huddles and D groups as well, that we're trying to launch right now this this fall with. And then um, those communities, hopefully we'll see more and more communities emerge as we continue to grow and connect people to the rhythms of discipleship. That is so exciting. I'm, I'm excited about it. And some cool stories have already emerged. We started in the spring and kind of worked our way through the summer with it and some neat stuff has already happened. So looking forward to hearing more about that. Yeah, I think getting some of those people in here to tell their stories would be awesome. Yes, it's time to hear more people's stories and mm -hmm. testimonies. Definitely something we can expect. Um, just a couple dates that I think are important. Uh, we are beginning a new series on the Book of Acts in September. And then at the end of September, beginning of October, we're actually beginning uh, two communities. We're going to launch one on the last weekend of September and one on the first weekend of October, which is a great way for you to come and just rub shoulders with people who are already in those huddles and, and D groups, and they're getting started about that time. Where is that going to be? It's going to be in the church in the big connection center that okay. we have around the big table. We'll probably have meals for both of the, the communities. And I was just, just about to ask, is yeah, there going right. to be food? <laughs> that's right. Yes, there definitely will be we food. We can't do anything without food. That's right. It's, it's like, uh, it's requirement. It's required. It's scriptural. You have <laughs> yes. to have food. Absolutely. Um, so those are important dates. We're actually using that to launch alongside um, a teaching series called Acts of, and it's about the book of Acts. We're going to spend a few weeks in the book of Acts. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited that that, that is, is how we're starting things. because I think it really models it for us. Yeah. So tell me why Acts? Jesus is in a lot of the New Testament. <laughs> so good. why choose Acts? Yeah. You know what I love about the book of Acts, if you're not familiar? So, so you've got the, the first four books of the Bible that are the re recording of Jesus' life, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then comes the book of Acts. And if you're not familiar with it, it's actually post the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, and then post-resurrection. So Jesus has died on the cross, he's resurrected. Um, and so now what's left is the disciples and a few people. 
it's, it's literally down to about 120 people. The, the, there were so many people following Jesus when he was alive. I mean, Jesus would have to stand on a mountaintop or he'd have to push his boat out into the water yeah. so he could talk to the massive crowds of hundreds, if not thousands. And now the, the crowd has dwindled down to about 120. And Jesus has died and he's resurrected. He spent a little bit of time with them and he's giving them information and we get to see the beginning of the church and what the church looks like the new church after Jesus died and, and risen from the dead. And so it's so fun to watch these clusters and gatherings of people in different cities. In some places, it's, it's actually illegal to be a follower of Jesus at the time. And, mm. and some it's actually encouraged and it's, it's mixed in with some other faiths and religions at the time. But we, we just kind of see the explosion of the church and it happens around friendship and groups of people and people living life together. And it's wonderful to kind of see the emergence of that. So when we talk about the book of Acts, we're actually talking about what does it look like to actually follow, uh, follow Jesus? In my own life, how do we help people live the way of Jesus? Yeah, so, so it's kind of like one line is starting <laughs> its own acts of. That's right. I, I like that. that. Yeah, yep, we are, we are the acts of, the acts of one line. That's right, that's good. Uh, okay, a couple things. So now we've given the overview. We've talked through why we value discipleship, the shift we've made here at OneLine. Yeah. I do want to talk about a couple things people can expect on the podcast and and uh, kind of close out some of that kind of stuff here. Um, what can you expect from this podcast? Brittany, what, what can people expect from the podcast? Yeah, so hopefully you'll hear more voices than just ours. Yeah, so definitely. <laughs> <laughs> different guests and um, just their stories mm-hmm. about... Um, their personal discipleship and even what's going on with the church um, and also some best practices, um, tips, tricks, um, whatever helps them. Everybody learns differently, Mm -hmm. um, communicates differently. So hopefully there's a good mix of that. Also some training from our team and other experts to um, answer some of those questions, maybe help you figure out how to get through some of those awkward first moments. Um, and even if you're a highly established group, how, what does it look like moving forward? Absolutely. I love that. Yep. Testimonies, stories, experts, all of those people will be on the future podcast. The one thing I can say consistently is that if you want to stay on the leading edge of what's happening with discipleship here at OneLine, uh, check in with the podcast. You will hear from us on a regular basis. Yes. Looking forward to more and more of these podcasts and what God's doing here at OneLine. Yes. Thanks so much for doing this today, Brittany. Um, look forward to doing this with you as we move forward and bringing some, some great experts in and seeing what God does here. Me too. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys soon. <laughs>